2: Welcome to Money Making Conversations Masterclass. I am your host, Rashawn McDonald. I recognize that we all have different definitions of success. For you, it may be the size of your paycheck. Mine is helping people wake up and inspiring them to accomplish their goals and live their very best life. I always tell people it's time to stop reading other people's success stories and start writing your own. People always talk about their purpose or gift. If you have a gift, lead with your gift. And don't let your friends, family, or coworkers stop you from planning or living your dreams. My next guest on the show today is Kelly Genert. She plays as she calls herself a beloved professor, but some call her a whistleblower that crippled the baseball team at Bringston, a fictional HBC on the new CW series All American Homecoming. I've watched the first four episodes. It's fantastic. She is Aunt to Simone, the lead character in the series All American Homecoming that is premiering Mondays on the CW. Kelly herself, let's talk about her for a little bit. Recently starred in the Spectrum original series Manhunt: Deadly Games on CBS. On the film front, she currently has two. Not two dose Netflix original films that one of my favorites is Uncorked. Oh, they start along with Courtney B. Vance and Nisi Nash, which is my girl as well, all day and all night, opposite uh, alongside uh, Jeffrey Wright and Ashton Sanders. But please, let's stop all these critics. Let's stop all this talk. Let's bring her on. <laughs> She's sitting there. She looks fantastic. Please welcome the Money Making Conversations Masterclass, Kelly Ginrett. How are you doing, Kelly?
3: Hi, I am doing well. How are you?
2: First of all, you you look fantastic. You know, you look, you know, we know we've been going through this COVID uh, since twenty twenty and uh mm-hmm. and now you you you're you, you still out there acting, still still hanging in the game. And let's talk about how you doing right now. This is about a journey. That's what the master class is about. How did you get in the business of
3: acting? Well, according to my mama, I was born (laughs) dramatic. Um, But I want to say it was when I was in the fifth grade and my fifth grade teacher, Mr. Hornsby, Mm -hmm. asked the class if we wanted to put on a play uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And we all wanted to do it. And I got to play Charlie, Mm -hmm. um, the lead. Uh And he asked if I wanted to change the character's name to Charlene. And I was like, no, I can play a boy and <laughs> play, did that. And then my daddy took me and my sister uh, to the movies to see The Five Heartbeats. Wow! And I fell in love with that movie mm-hmm. so much so that when I watched it at home, I had a notepad and I took and I started writing um, the lyrics to the song no matter how hard it gets right like mm-hmm. i was just like and so i would perform that around the house and i was like yes i i love this mm-hmm. and so that for me is my first memory of this whole acting thing
2: well you know interesting because uh, like i said when I, I remember when high school i eventually became a stand-up comedian I, I became a stand-up comedian i fell in love when college just opened my mind to it allowed me to see things differently in high school. I just wanted to get out of high school. But in, yeah. in, I always remember this young guy in high school, he wanted to be an actor. You know, he would, he'd be on a loudspeaker doing all the announcements. He had all these characters, all these voices. And I was like, man, that sounds pretty corny. And I say that because, you know, when you don't, when you acting is not something normal for a Black person to consider. And so people, when you say that, people start looking at, well, you don't see it on TV. You see you know, you see people working at a bank, you see people doing normal jobs. When you look at television back then, television now, we see a lot more of us on. But you was pursuing an opportunity that a lot of people doubted. How did you break through that?
3: You know, to be completely honest, by the time I got in high school, I was that person that was like, man, this isn't a real job. So what I was going to do was be a lawyer who did hair on the side. <laughs> now, <laughs> clearly that person belongs in the creative world. I right. think you're going to be a lawyer and do hair on the side. Um And so when I graduated from high school and I would do plays with my local church, um, throughout high school, but it was still like acting isn't a real job. Mm -hmm. So when I graduated high school, I went to Xavier university Mm. in new Orleans Mm -hmm. because I was going to be a forensic psychologist Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and stayed there for two years. Ace my first, uh, chemistry test. And that second year, I was like, man, I, I, I'd much rather play a forensic psychologist on TV than be one in real life. (laughs) And I made the decision to transfer back home to Mm -hmm. Georgia State Mm -hmm. and get my degree in theater. You know, I think it was just for me, I just felt like this isn't what I feel like I'm being called to do. Right. You Mm -hmm. know, and so I had to honor that. And fortunately, I had a family and still have a family who is so supportive of me. My mom, man, please, that woman right there. (laughs) It was like, all right, if I if I was like, you know, mom, I think I want to try to fly to the moon. She'd be like, all right, well, should we go to Home Depot and get the (laughs) You know, like, that's just the kind of woman. My daddy, it took him a moment Mm -hmm. to kind of come around and I think that was part of my hesitation of, like, yeah, I mean, he, he, it took him a moment. Like, I want to say when I went home for Christmas, Mm -hmm. my daddy for the first time to my face was like, you know, you hung in there. Right. And I'm so proud of you. Like, I had my doubts. I couldn't do it. But you hung in there and you did it. And look at you now. Like, you yeah.
2: Know. The reason I bring that up, because that's one of the lines I talk about, you know, when your gifts, you know, don't let your friends, family or co stop you from planning to living your dreams. Because your dreams, I always tell people when you go through life, if you live somebody else's life, one day that's going to become uncomfortable. So you have Mm -hmm. to wake up and have that passion and the desire. And that's a really cool story you just conveyed to us. But another story that you conveyed in that storytelling was that you was at an HBCU, and then you went to Georgia State University. Now, those are two different environments. Talk to us about the HBCU experience that you were enjoying because you were doing good academics there, but that wasn't the direction you wanted to take your life. And then you went to Georgia State University. What was the experiences that you shared in both cultures? Because they are two different cultures, academic cultures. Yeah.
3: yeah. You know, one being Xavier University in itself, extremely prestigious. prestigious university. In
2: New Orleans, Um, by the way. Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah, in New Orleans. And so even just going to New Orleans was an experience in itself. Mm -hmm. You know, the culture, the food. Yes. Um, I was like, yeah, this freshman 50, sophomore 60 (laughs) is a real thing because this food is incredible. But just the energy On that HBCU campus and seeing people that looked like me um, and and didn't look like me, but were still a part of me, was very um, was very heartwarming, was very welcoming. Immediately formed a group of friends that I'm still with today. We still have a text chain, Um, although all of my friends there graduated from Xavier. When I left, we still stayed in contact. And so there was just this camaraderie that we had um, that was like, yeah, we're we're family and we're here in it together. And then leaving, going to Georgia State, which clearly was not an HBCU, although I hear word on the street is that Georgia State is about to become an HBCU with all of us (laughs) there now, which is (laughs) exciting. Hmm. Um, But it was a different It was a different atmosphere. It felt very much like we're here to do work and not that that wasn't it. It just felt like more of a family there um, at the HBCU in uh, New Orleans and at Georgia State. It was like, all right, we're about business and that's what we that's what we need to do. If you want a family, then you can join a sorority or a fraternity or Mm -hmm. other organizations. But we're here to work. Nice to meet you. Goodbye.
2: Yeah, plus Georgia State is more like a commuter school and the, uh, the the size of the school was way bigger than it was in Xavier. Yeah, yeah. But the fun part about it, now you own a uh, fictional school that's based, I want to say, in Atlanta, Georgia called Bringston, And you're a professor who um, basically... Uh, the word whistleblower, the word, uh, a, a lot of other negative words about your character, but this is all character development. You you play a great, great loving aunt who is very supportive of the students who are attending uh, this, uh, this fantastic university. I want to tell everybody, when you watch the series, I told her off air, I got to tell her on air, it felt like different world on steroids where you saw different world in a very sitcommy environment. This is a, this is a slice of life, a common of age individuals, but I don't want to jump too ahead, telling the story. Tell us your, 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 your view of the series uh, all American homecoming, which is a spinoff.
3: Yes. Spinoff of, uh, an amazing show, All American, which is the number one TV show for the CW. So I want to give out all the shout outs and props to All American, our flagship show
4: mm-hmm.
3: um, and and the foundation for what All American Homecoming is built upon. And, you know, the two words that come to mind about Homecoming is black excellence in all its forms. You know, when we succeed and whatever that definition is, as you said earlier, or when we have our failures and how we respond to those failures, that is still black excellence. And so, you know, it's just an amazing gift to be a part of a show that is compared or even in the realm of a different world. Yes. You know, we had our TCAs yesterday mm-hmm. and I said, when people were people walk around with Hillman On uh, their sweatshirts and talk about how they envision going to Hillman, and I'm like, Brinkston is going to be our next Hillman um, on steroids, as you say.
2: Well, you know, the interesting part about it was that there is an unabashed, or I shouldn't say unabashed. It was just it's it's a it's a very comfortable statement when you say black excellence on this show. I was, you know, it was just a different world. Was just a first time out. It was, it was a Bill Cosby show was an incredible hit. So he had the ability to say, we're going to do this show, he had the ability to say, we're going to do a black graduation on this show, an episode around there. When I watch All-American Homecoming, it's a coming of age. You know, I remember I was fortunate just to share a little story. I was I was, I was writing, I was supervising producer for the uh, uh, Sister Sister, T and Tamara Maori. And we had to get them from high school to college. And so because it was like, okay, they got to get out of high school, but the experiences are different. Now, your role uh, is a mentor. Your role is a teacher. But your role plays a very important role because it centers around the students, giving them structure in a social environment. Talk about your character that you play and also um, why it's so important for the show to have your character.
3: That's a great question. You know, um, you talked about earlier some of the negative words that can be used to describe Amara um, because of what she did. Right. But I believe Amara, her main goal is to help our young black people understand the importance of education. Like, yes, we can be great athletes. We can throw a football, we can bounce a basketball, we can Mm -hmm. hit a tennis ball, all of those things. And yet, education is so important, never to neglect the importance of education. And if that means that my character has to say, yo, something is off happening here, I'm going to blow that whistle at the expense of our young people being able to go out into this world that is already stacked against them in so many different areas. And so I think the importance of my character, as N.K. has said to me numerous times before, she is the heart um, of this show because there is no judgment in her against the mistakes that may be made or even in that situation, it's like I'm presented with a problem and there is a solution. Let's get to the solution. I don't want to stay focused on this scandal. What I want to focus on is how we make this better because we need to operate in a standard, which is
5: black excellence. Absolutely. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rushan McDonald. Now let's return to Money-Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald.
2: I'm talking to Kelly Jenrette. She's one of the co-stars of the will-be popular series uh, All-American Homecoming <laughs> that will be premiering and airing on, on CW. Uh, she plays a blood professor on this, fi- this fictional school. It's an HBCU school that's based in Atlanta, Georgia. Now, this is why I really, really like the show, y'all. Because, you know, when you, go, when you think HBCU, you think football, you think basketball. When you think of HBCU, you think of the marching band, you think of the the, the the girls dancing and everything. This series focuses on a couple of sports that you don't tie to an HBCU. Tennis and baseball. <laughs> and, and I really loved it, Kelly, because of the fact my daughter, she was a tennis prodigy. And so, you know, I'm really looking at these tennis scenes, you know, real different, you know, because <laughs> my daughter, she picked up a rack when she was six and, and she retired at 19 because she blew out her knee and she's on the tour. So I, I look at tennis and I enjoy and I went, wow, this is so cool. And they do a good job of really making it making it. A, a sense of reality. This is a real tennis team. And of course, mm-hmm. the baseball thing. So when I looked at that, I really, it really put a smile on my face because it wasn't a football player. It wasn't a basketball team. It wasn't a band. This was about tennis and baseball. Did you enjoy that shift in the narrative of how they were showing a, a different slice of life at an HBCU? Yes,
3: absolutely. My mom is an avid tennis player and mm-hmm. has been for. Thirty years, She still plays tennis to this day. And so my love of tennis comes from her. In fact, my sister and I, Kimberly is my sister. Uh My mom tried to get us into (laughs) tennis (laughs) so that we could be the first Venus and Serena. I know that's right. Um, But but according to her, we we were a little too prissy. We were talking about how hot it was Uh and we didn't want to be out there. You know, we were in. We were in Atlanta, right? You know mm-hmm. that humidity was real. Yeah. So you know we we stopped playing tennis at a very early age, but she continued on. And so I think it is so refreshing to see a sport like tennis and baseball, which, what you said, we don't think of that when we think of an HBCU. So I think it is very refreshing to see like. Hey, yes, we play tennis and we're very good at it. Yes. We also play baseball and yes. we're very good mm-hmm. at that as well. We can do it all. Yeah, Well, you know... And- with excellence.
2: Excellent. Black excellent. You know, we, we when we do these series, that's always fun fun part about these series. And I, you know, I, I, like I said, I go all the way back to when Steve Harvey and I did ABC, his first sitcom, Me and the Boys. And they always want to insert, you know, white characters or characters that are non-black so they can make, so the viewers can be comfortable. But I love the, that's why I really love the whole thing with the baseball players, because you, you have a slice of life over there. You know, players from Columbia, white players, and it feels organic. It feels natural. And that's what mm-hmm. I really enjoy about All American Homecoming is that the show feels natural. I'm very comfortable. I don't feel as a viewer I'm being forced to participate. I feel like this is natural and it all makes sense. Now let's go to the characters on the show, because we've been talking about you, but there's some characters mm-hmm. on the show that play a very important role. Like your, like Simone, your, your her niece, you know, your niece who comes in. She, if you know the backstory, she on a all American. She had a baby. Now she's she's uh she's kind of not telling everybody about it in this next series, but she's trying to extend her life and start over in a sense. And you're there to support her. Of course, as you know, the backstory, you know, her parents didn't want, want her to go to an HBCU and um, you and that's your sister. The, the, my and, Sister? Yes, your sister. They, 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 that's Kimberly. Okay, <laughs> and uh, who, 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 who So I, that's what I like about when I'm talking to you. You know, you have the HBCU experience. You have the sister experience. So a lot of this was really acting for you, Kelly. Hmm.
3: Yeah, and and that's what I love. And I tell Jeffrey who plays Simone um, that relationship between Amara and Simone reminds me so much of my relationship with my nephew, Jonathan, mm-hmm. like Jonathan, that is my baby. My sister has two kids, Jonathan mm-hmm. and Evelyn.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: My, I call Jonathan, my nephew's son and Evelyn, my niece, daughter. Like right. they are like <laughs> my children mm-hmm. and I'm very protective over them. So this relationship between Amara and Simone feels like, oh yeah, this is this is what I do in my real life, wanting to support her, wanting to correct her mm-hmm. um, and challenge her and just wanting the best for her. And the, the relationship between myself, Kelly and Jeffrey is such a beautiful one. You know, we, we talk, we text uh, all the time. She's such an amazing uh, woman. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, you talk about tennis she puts in so much work. You know, I remember once we got the official pickup and I would be texting her and she's like, hey, so sorry, I couldn't get back to you. I was at tennis Mm -hmm. practice or she was like, hey, I'm getting ready to go to tennis practice. And, you know, she's like, oh, I'm so tired because I just got home from tennis practice, like really putting in the work and the same with Peyton and the baseball, like really putting in the work. So to see these these Characters being brought to life by these individuals who are so passionate about making it look authentic and real, Kelly, as well as Amara, can't help but want to be there to support these young people, you know?
2: Well, you know, the beauty of my show is it's is broadcast on about 21 HBCU campuses from Texas Southern, Howard, Clark Atlanta University, FAMU, uh, Bethune-Cookman, just to name a few of these uh, incredible campuses that that allow me to air my show on their radio networks. And But the word black excellence just keeps screaming out in the positive, you know, and it just seems organic to the show. That's, I think, that puts the biggest smile on your face to be able to tell a story, you know, in an environment that feels very real. I'm telling you, tell know, television isn't real. So how you portray it makes it makes it real. And I feel like I'm watching real television play out. It just have to be actors. And guess what? Mm-hmm. I may want to go to Bringston tell us about yeah. that whole field that you that's being created by the director, being created by the actors that you guys get to meet once a week at your house and have some family dinner.
3: Yeah, I think it was so important for NK our showrunner and creator to make something that was authentic. you know being from Atlanta and then having this base in Atlanta, Jeffrey went to Clark Atlanta University, graduated from CAU. mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So there were there were things that we were like, this has got to be on point. You know, there are things that that are so specific to Atlanta and black culture there that we want to make sure we hit on. And our uh, production crew, construction crew, It's just they have created a world that feels like Brinkston University is a real university. And people are going to be Googling, like, how do I send in my application <laughs> to, to bring them. to the university? Uh, mm-hmm. um, just because they've done such an amazing job from our background performers to what the the outside of the university looks like. And and even my home, when they get a look at Amara's place, I was like, you know what? I'm going to move out of where I live right now. Yeah. And I'm going to stay in Amara's uh, loft Mm -hmm. on set because just the detail that goes into creating this world and the specificity that is needed to make it feel like, oh, this is real. Like, wait, is this real? Is is just it's unbelievable. And I think it just lends itself to making it feel like, this is, some, this
2: is a world that I want to be a part of. I'm going to tell you, and Kelly's not lying. Did, uh, the, the, her entry door, because when she closed that door, I went, what's that wall? What is that wall? I can't, it was just so beautiful. And I couldn't figure it out. I went like, I need to find out what that wall is. It's just really, you know, because I, I, that's called great set design. That's the person they hire. They design the set. They lay it out. They go around. They take photos. And they want it to be comfortable. It's roomy. It feels like... It's a location where she stands. She can stay there on a college professor's salary. And it's in Atlanta. And it's true Black excellence. I just want to tell you, I want to thank you for coming on Money Making Conversations Masterclass. I want to thank you for allowing sharing your story, Xavier, to Georgia State University. You you speak Black excellence. You still promote Black excellence in a, in a TV series that people are going to love. I remember I came to my staff. I said, hey, man, because they know I always watch the shows. I will not bring a guest on my show, Money Making Conversation masterclass, unless they read the book, watch the film, or watch the series. And so I came in, I told them, I said, hey, this is a great series. And my company, 3815 Media, we're all about black excellence, we're all about promoting HBCU. So, and my show is live every Tuesday. From Clark Atlanta University, and so you were just right in line. I just want to thank you for taking the time, taking taking the time to come on our show and to spread that love of Black excellence. Also, talk about your great talents because you are a super talented. Mm-hmm. And if you guys want to check out Beyond All American Homecoming Uncork is amazing. You got to <laughs> check it out all day and all night, and all day and a night is also fantastic. It's streaming on Netflix right now, but in coming soon. If not already, you can check out All-American Homecoming on Mondays on the CW. As you know, All-American is number one. This is going to be number one plus. OK, thank you for coming on the show, Kelly Durant.
5: Thank you for having me. We will be right back with more money making conversation with Rashawn McDonald. You are now tuned into the Money-Making Conversations Minute of Inspiration with Rashaun McDonald.
2: Hi, I'm Rashaun McDonald from Money-Making Conversations Masterclass with your daily Minute of Inspiration. During a conversation with the CEO and founder of Curl's author and business mentor, Mahisha Dillinger, talked about the importance of budget planning when you are starting a business.
6: Budget planning is important because if you don't have all your costs... And know what you're going to spend you can easily lose your shirt so i think most importantly um you need to get someone in your life that can mentor you in the space that you're in um, because they can help you see those unforeseen costs that you don't know about. So that was one of the things I did early on. um, Got a mentor that was actually in the hair care industry. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I was able to, number one, save in areas because he connected me to different people in his world. But he was also able to show me what to expect and what not to expect and help me with my budgeting.
2: You can listen to this full interview with Mahisha Dillinger. It's available on moneymakingconversations.com.
5: Now let's return to Money-Making Conversation with Rashawn McDonald.
2: I always say this, recognize that we all have different definitions of success. My next guest truly defines that statement. She's been a friend of mine a long time. I've been fortunate to see her and hear her uh, just give advice throughout this country and on national TV, on streaming networks, because for, for more than two decades of leading roles in the banking and real estate sales industry, she's been a genius. Most notably, uh, she's had books called Most of the Living Check to Monday, The Real Deal About Money, Credit, and Financial Security, which achieved bestseller status at the Congressional Black Caucus Conference Book Pavilion. Lynn, as Dr. Lynn Richards was a uh, Richardson was a featured regular on the Steve Harvey TV talk show, Access Hollywood Live. She's been a regular on that. Hallmark Channel, Home and Family, BET Networks has appearance on Essence, Jet, Upscale. I saw on Good Morning America giving out advice on get up in the morning with my girl Erica Campbell and many many outlets.
0: Hey everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations.
1: can't catch me. I'm going to get you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on Story Button, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Check the backseat. Check the backseat. i
2: nationwide, and that's why it's been difficult for me to get it because I really wanted her on the first Monday this year, but when you have a schedule like that, just feel blessed that I got it now. She is an entertainment and executive celebrity financial coach who uses a quick wit, and she is funny and humorous presentation style to help others face their money issues and achieve personal, professional, and spiritual harmony. My friends, I call all of y'all my friends, please welcome to the Money Making Conversation Masterclass, Dr. Lynn Richardson. How you doing, Dr. Lynn?
6: Happy New Year. Happy <laughs> New Year.
2: Now, you you know they should have tracked me down for that first Monday of the year. <laughs> oh, oh, we, we try. Oh, uh, you do not have that many credits, Dr. Lent, and then be available that way. See, this is a blessing right now that I got you. You know, we Amen. just wrapped up January. We're going into Black History Month, and you know that this the first quarter where you got to get your taxes right. This is when people start applying for the, you know, two years ago we, was, we were about to go into – you know, a pandemic, you know, in 2020, March, that's when they shut us all down. Now this year we're going yeah. in, they're not shutting this country down. So if you're struggling with financial issues, you we, we got to get it fixed. And that's why I wanted you on the show to try to help. And I think it was better that we did wait because people got, they got to see what, the, what this com- government's going to offer. They got to see that they're cutting things. They're trying to get back to normal. And if you fall along the side of the road, they might just drive past you and leave you there. What are your
6: thoughts? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm excited, too, because I think everybody thought with this year being so many twos, you know, two, 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 22, everybody just kind of thought everything from the past two years was just going to be wiped away. But the truth is, we still have work to do. Yes. Um, Inflation is at an all time high um but hope is also at an all-time high so i think this master class is exactly what people need to get to the next level you
2: know it's really interesting dr lynch i remember when they you know when they uh pushed the income tax date in 2020 and and uh you know but they pushed from april 15th and they went to may then june and then they they didn't push the october 15th date that stayed there and i still had to pay my tax bill and it was a huge tax bill and I, and I was frustrated because i didn't make any money to generate, to be able to pay that off. And so so it, it was at the point where this government said enough is enough. You know, you either either you're going to be on one side of the winners, you're going to be on one side of the losers. How did you see that whole 2020 play out for you personally and people that you represented financially and also ac- accounting-wise as well?
6: Well, 2020 was an interesting year because, you know, I always speak about getting your money back. I have three basic principles for building wealth. Spend less money, get a budget, get more money, go get multiple streams of income. But you know when you get more money, the more you make, the more the IRS will take. So then you have to get your money back by living your entire life like a business. So if you drive your car for personal reasons, you don't get your money back. But if you drive your car for business, you do. If you go out to eat for personal reasons, you don't get your money back. But if you eat for business and have a business discussion, you do. So for, for 2020, for the pandemic in general, I found that people were able to save more money. So so those of us who were able to, you know, stick through depression, because I think everybody had a bout with depression and fear and so on and so forth. But for those who were able to stick through and, and stick together, they were able to save more money. We saved more money than ever as a country and as a people in 2020. Mm-hmm. More billionaires were made last year than at any other time in the history of the world. That's right. Something like 493 billionaires were made. And so I often say you're either going to be a millionaire, a billionaire, or a witness. And we want to make teach people are not just witnesses, that they actually get in the game.
2: And that's what this whole show is about because I I get frustrated. I have a segment at the top of the show I call bragging. I'm encouraging people to promote themselves because for some reason within the black community, especially in the black community or in the community of color, you know, we're told not to promote ourselves. We're not told to talk about our success. And I tell everybody, well, Target does it. You know, Ford does it. Any major corporation does it. That's the way you market. And, And you just said it right there, Rashawn, you can eat personally or you can eat smartly business-wise. If you smartly business-wise, you can write that off. And so we have to c- create our lives and create a business model for our lives. And we create a business model for our lives that we can take advantage and move up that little thousandaire, millionaire, and billionaire club. Because that's how they live every day, correct?
6: This is how they are living every single day. They are watching every single dollar. You know, some say money talks, but I say money walks away from you quietly and you don't know where it went. <laughs> it would be nice if a dollar said I'm about to roll bounce up out of here and when you come find me, I won't be there. It would be nice if it did talk, but it doesn't. And I say that with laughter and humor, but it's the truth. We say money talks, but it actually walks. And the other thing that happens, Rashawn, which is why this show is so important, is because people say it's just its just $10. Right. It's just $12. It's just $100. And by the time you add up all of those, it's just, that's where your wealth is. And so we have to keep preaching. We have to keep teaching because the truth is, and and the other part of this is we're doing right now, we're doing estate planning. Unfortunately, we've seen many suicides. Unfortunately, we've seen many deaths. And so now is the time for everybody to understand that you have an estate. Your life insurance, your checking and savings accounts, the car you drive, your clothing, and all of those things need to be in a proper plan when you leave here. So, so there are so many things that this masterclass is just perfect for.
2: Now, let's talk about uh, one of the great stories you always tell me about employing your kids, because we got you know we got families out here with children. Uh, uh, they don't know what to do with them, but you have a strategy on how you can take advantage of uh, uh, employing your kids and, and being able to write it off on your taxes, correct?
6: Absolutely. IRS Publication 15, page 13. And I have to say that because here's what happens when you start to teach what the wealthy do. You know, unfortunately, sometimes in our community, we don't believe anything. We think everything is a scam. you got haters, naysayers, blockers, and crap barrel-leg killers. So whenever I quote this, I say, go to IRS, publication 15, page 13. And the IRS says that a child can work for parents in their home-based business. You can pay each child up to $12,500 a year. That's a complete tax write-off to you. Now, if you have two children, that's $25,000. If you have three children, that's $37,500 in tax write offs every year. That money is tax-free to the child. They pay no taxes on it. And now, because you have a tax write-off, they can now go and buy all the things that you were going to pay for anyway. (laughs) You were going to pay for tuition. You were going to pay for school clothes. You were going to pay for that new uh, iPad. You were going to pay for that video game. You were going to pay for football lessons. You were going to pay for all those things. But the difference now, you get your money back. Oh,
2: okay, now. I'm mad at you now. Because, uh, you know, I've been paying. I, my daughter, she's 25 now. She's out of college. You know, I have I not home. I mean, we've had home-based businesses, and I'm not giving her one check. And I know I could have, what's a uh, uh, pamphlet 15, uh, page 13? I need somebody, I need to rip that out and put it on my wall and, um, bec- and laminate it. Because <laughs> $12,500, <laughs> it's so smart what you, you just said. Because, you it's know.
6: It's so w- smart.
2: It's so smart, but we because of the fact that here I am. We we sending kids to private school, okay, and they can. It's a part time job. That's what we call it. It's just a part time job, and they're paying. They're doing part time work. That money, like you said, is not taxable. They can go and buy their clothes. They can eat. They can. They can even start paying for their car down payment for their education. Really, how did you? I'm just going to say this. How did you and you say that when you give advice like this the first thing people give you the a little squinch eyes? How could that be? You you got to be that, that nobody does anything like that. How do you overcome those naysayers, those haters, those disbelievers that think that something that everybody's taking advantage of they don't think is real? Well,
6: well the first thing is if you show them the successful people who are doing it because we're so afraid to get ahead because we think we're going to be audited by the IRS. So we think uh, something is illegal and so on and so forth. And so do you have to tell the truth? Yes. Do you have to document every single thing? Yes. And then people say, well, Lynn, that's hard work. I said, well, so is being broke.
4: <laughs> yes, 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 yes.
6: <laughs> being yes. broke is hard work. You <laughs> could rob Peter and pay for You could be the CEO of a Fortune 100 company. So now you're going to take the hard work and put it on getting your money back. But really, Rashana, you know this, some people can't be told, they have to be shown. Mm-hmm. And when people don't want to follow suit, I say, if that's working for you, keep doing it. And what we do is we make sure that we develop good networks. Your network determines your network. So I surround myself with people who are already, who've already been where I'm trying to go and who are trying to get to where I've been. So wow. So that's how we do it.
2: Dr. Lynn, when you call the show, you, every time you call, you you make a dent into this city. Like my producers came around the corner, man, she's just dropping some information because that we normally don't get. And I think that's a that's a tragic thing to say because that's that's the truth. We 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 the last to get the information. You know, we the last to know about the COVID shot. We the last to know about the COVID test. We the last to know about taxable the dedu- tax deductions. Why or how can we break that cycle of being the last? Or that's too large a question to ask you to even answer.
6: No, I think it's a very fair question. And I think we have to adjust and shift what we're paying attention to. Because let's be clear. um, As black people, we have wealth. Now, we we are spending it on um, designer gym shoes, designer purses. Uh, We're spending it on cars, furniture, jewelry. Uh, We'll go spend uh, hundreds and hundreds of dollars for a concert ticket uh, and another several hundred dollars on an outfit, another couple hundred dollars on a pair of shoes. We will we have wealth. We have it. You know, but it, it's about what we are doing with it right. and if we're going to pay attention to the the advice from people like yourself, quite frankly. And and I think, you know, there's a saying that if you want people to uh if you want to hide something, put in a book. Right. Because people aren't gonna read it. And I think unfortunately for us. We do not realize that in the same way we can plan a baby shower, we can plan a bridal shower, we plan the biggest wedding. We have all 1,300 of our cousins there eating up all the food. But if we put that planning in our finances, we could be just as successful. So I think we just have to keep saying it and keep putting it out
5: there and keep making it available to people. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashaun McDonald. Now let's return to Money-Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald.
2: Well, you know, the interesting thing when you say that, I am always, always tell people, like, you know, I, I can remember when, you know, I was struggling to buy toothpaste and I made a little money. And guess what? Instead of, instead of maintaining that money income and maintaining that lifestyle, I started accelerating it. I made a little money, got a better apartment. I made a little more money, got a better car. You know, those are the things you naturally do. You, 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 you tend to reward yourself for your efforts, which is a natural way to do. But you also have to remember saving, setting aside, and you just said, don't spend it all. Don't just just don't go out there and don't have a plan to do on a, for as we say those rainy days. And one of the great principles that you talk about is that eliminate everything possible, live below your means, act if you have lost an income. Can you talk about that? Just give some people those so drop some more nuggets that you can live a great life, but act like it, like you've lost your income, and you can live a longer great life. First of all,
6: this is so good. Thank you for this question. People do not understand that money will work harder for you than you can ever work for it. I want everybody who's listening right now to think about how hard you work, how many days a week you have to work to produce the income, and, and some hopefully it's enough, but many times it's not. Money is saying, if you respect me, if you learn about me, and if you protect me, then I will work harder for you than you can work for me we are not protecting our money when it's in sitting in a bank account or sitting in a savings account or we're constantly going out and spending it but money says if you pay attention to me then i will go out and duplicate and multiply and triple and quadruple i earned 86 uh, percent an 86 percent return on my investment last year uh Sean, and i didn't even do any I didn't do any cryptocurrency. I didn't have any of the wild investments. Right. I didn't even buy when the stock market first crashed. Mm-hmm. But because we implemented a strategy, and what everybody needs to know is you can implement a strategy. So the first thing you do is spend less money. I say live by the 10, 10, 30, 50. The first 10% of every dollar you get you tithed. The next 10% you save. The next 30% is cash on a separate debit card for incidental like groceries, gas, hair, nails, if it doesn't fit, get rid of it. Do not spend more money than you have available to spend. And the remaining 50% stays in your checking account for your bill. Mm. If you have more than enough money, that's not a license to go get a bigger house, a bigger car, a bigger everything else. Because if you get a raise and raise your expenses, you have more debt and less freedom. You should first attack your debt, pay off your credit cards and so on and so forth, take a portion of your extra money, uh, you know, save for a vacation, which really, I say, a business trip where I can vacation on a business trip. So now I can get that money back. So put a strategy in place for the extra money. And if you don't have enough money to pay your bills, then you must subtract. You uh, might have to take those kids out of private school. Yeah. I did. You might have to take them out of ballet. I did. Mm-hmm. You might have to put them in uh, free programs at the church. I did. You might have to get a smaller place to live. So, so that's what we do. And then when we can start to make our money work for us, Rashawn, I love my money working for me. I love it. All
2: uh, right, we have we have Lawrence on the call here. Uh, Lawrence, uh, welcome to uh, Reverend uh, Doctor Lynn Richardson. <laughs> How you doing, Lawrence?
6: Come on now. We're
2: fine. Thank you. <laughs> Lauren, she's That's preaching that. today, Lauren. She's preaching. So uh, welcome Amen. to the altar, Amen. brother. We're not asking Amen. for no money, but we're giving advice. What you got? What's your question? My question is, uh, you're speaking of hiring children for your
6: home-based business. What's the age limit? What's the maximum age limit? Can you do that? I absolutely love this question because there has been a debate about the age limit. People say, well, they have to be no younger than seven years old. And I say that is completely untrue. Because the IRS says that your child can do any job that any other child can do for a reasonable wage. So tell me, what does the Huggies baby do? What does the Pampers baby do? What does the Gerber baby do? Those babies model and they appear in commercials. The Department of Labor also says that a child of any age, it specifically says any age, can work in TV, film, um, as a babysitter, um, in their parent's home-based business without violating any labor laws. So as long as the work isn't dangerous, they can do it. So if you are in a business and you need to promote your business on social media, then your younger children can model. Your 5- and 6-year-olds, old, they can help you with social media. Your 8-, 9- and 10-year-olds can help you with your databases. Your older children can help you at events and plan and so on and so forth. So in my class, How to Hire Your Kids and Get Your Money Back, I go through job descriptions for children of every age and different things that they can do to not only help you in your home-based business, but also learn important entrepreneurial skills. Fantastic,
2: Lawrence, did they help you out? Did, did, did the Reverend help you out? Reverend Dr. Lynn put, Richardson, did she help you out?
4: She put me on the right trail.
2: That well, that's it. what we taught in that Money Making Conversation Masterclass because of yeah. the fact that you didn't know till she said that, right? Correct. And that's the, that's the problem. We don't know. And uh, WCOK has given me an opportunity. That's based in Atlanta, Georgia. That's where the home and the headquarters. And uh, what I do is um, we broadcast from the the campus of uh, Clark Atlanta University every, every week. And the beauty of this information that she's sharing with it is because she's helped out thousands on national TV and she's right on my show right now, helping out us, giving us information because she's that well-respected. Uh, a regular oh, on the Steve Harvey talk show, a regular, you know, on BET, a regular on Erica Campbell's show, a regular on Essence, BET. Just You can turn on the TV, turn on a podcast, and you'll hear her preaching the gospel of how to hear, live a valued life. Dr. Lynn, I, I can't get enough of, uh, uh, of praising you. This is only a small, and I'm just telling Aww. you something, this is just a small nugget of her life that she's sharing with us. You know, she's that unique. And I think to, to get on the show, um, you know, I, when, when she comes my way, it's I always got to do more because I always feel like, wow, she's blessed me with this opportunity to share this information because like Lawrence just said, and a lot of you guys driving around and sitting at the home, you didn't know what she was talking about. That's you didn't right. believe. And then I asked you to call y'all sitting around debating. Should I call her? Or maybe, maybe we're going to embarrass. We're not trying to embarrass you. We're just trying to share you, value the information, and also to get you to trust us, to trust Dr. Lynn Richardson. Amen. To trust Rashawn McDonald. Just trust this radio, radio program that every week, you know, that we're trying to give you advice so you do your research. Understand this is how it works now. I want you to Google Dr. Lynn Richardson. Google her. And you will see it just, the pages is just going to go, you're just going to keep Pressing down, pressing down, pressing down. And you're going to see it with stars. You're going to see it with regular people. You're going to see it with uh, young kids. You're going to see it with every walk of life. You're going to see charity organizations she does with MC Light. She gives back.
6: Amen. We give back a million dollars over the past uh, 10 years. Yes, we have.
2: Listen to her. Now she's giving back with advice yep. on money making conversation masterclass. Tell tell them how to reach you because, like I said, I wouldn't be here. I'm just telling you something. I would not be able to promote what I'm saying. Money making conversation, money making conversation masterclass is the number one syndicated weekend show on black radio without a doctor. Lynn Richardson believing in Rashawn McDonald.
6: Well, I want to say this. I want to make sure that we stay connected and maybe we come up with a curriculum for 12 months or something to that effect because I'll be on Good Morning America tomorrow talking about estate planning in the black community. Mm-hmm. And, Rashawn, you know, life insurance, estate planning, having a proper trust. We don't understand that we can create trust funds for our children on minimum wage. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't understand you're worth more, unfortunately, dead than alive. Mm-hmm. But when you pass on, if you put those funds into an annuity inside of a trust, your child will have an income for life, and they will then be able to pass that income down to their children and so on and so forth. And this pandemic, because you mentioned it, has taken a wreaked havoc on our community. Right. Right. If I get one more GoFundMe request to, to, to pay for a funeral. <laughs>
2: right, 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 right. Went to a family would you there. come
6: on? Mm-hmm. So yeah. we, we have to do this work, and we have to keep educating our people. And estate planning is where we get to mm-hmm. create wealth for future generations. Listen, Rashawn, I was on food stamp in this century when i was on food stamps i still had enough life insurance to make sure that if i didn't make it to the next day to, to, to live out my dream mm-hmm. then my children my husband my parents my grandparents were still taken care of in my absence. Mm. and that's the power of this master class and this kind of information for our people
2: wow well, if you had to give like a Closing advice to my listeners, because you're going to be back, and I'm, and also, and uh, I'm launching a uh, money making conversation. Actually, not money making conversation. I am going to be launching a national uh, podcast network. And Dr. Lynn Richardson, I want to know will you be a part of that? If you if you allow yourself to uh, be part of my uh, growing brand out there, Dr. Lynn, Dr. Lynn Richardson. Oh, there we
6: go. I, I am just excited about it all. I am ready to take each person by the hand. Yes, ma'am. Who wants help. There you go. There you I'm, go. I'm training a group of life coaches now. There you go. I said, like, We are not magicians. There you go. Uh, I am not a psychiatric counselor.
2: Mm-hmm.
6: I'm not a any of that. <laughs> I am a change agent for people who want help and act like it.
2: Well, my friend, you are special. Uh, You'll be on Good Morning America tomorrow, correct?
6: Yes,
2: yes. That'll be Wednesday. Please check her out. Dr. Lynn, I'm going to be calling you this week. Um, I I got a fan club uh, that I send out 100,000 fan club members every week. I want us to start doing five-minute video segments with you doing your thing and dropping my fan dropping amen. in it's all about you it's all about your whole your whole brand you trying to change people's lives with information so we'll talk off air, but I want to thank you Dr. Lynn Richardson if you don't believe she's real google her for coming on money making conversations masterclass and I will be calling you personally this week okay okay amen thank
5: you so much Rashan good
2: luck we talk soon I appreciate you
5: you've been listening to money making conversations masterclass with Rashawn McDonald He will be back next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Always remember to lead with your gifts. Money-Making Conversations Masterclass is a presentation of 3815 Media Incorporated. You are now tuned into the Money-Making Conversations Minute of Inspiration with Rashawn McDonald. Hi, I'm Rashawn
2: McDonald from Money-Making Conversation Masterclass with your daily Minute of Inspiration. I sat down with NBA superstar, brand ambassador, and philanthropist, Chris Paul. He talked about his basketball career and how he uses it as a tool for his career. It's never, never having too much information. Yes. You know, always wanting to learn, um... And, and that's what it is. I mean, I talk about it a lot of times as a professional athlete. Uh, I got drafted into the NBA when I was 19. Mm-hmm. 19, about turn 20 years old. Yes, sir. And you're young. You don't know about financial literacy. You don't know about a lot. Right. And so uh, if, you, if you don't try to seek some of that knowledge, you know, your career can go by. And now you're just sitting there like, what do I do now? You can listen to this full interview with Chris Paul. It's available on MoneyMakingConversation.com.